0: Listening to the "Learning to Believe Again" podcast with your host Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. We have been in a series where we've been talking a lot about pressing into breakthrough and pressing into the promise of God. So today I want to continue that topic and talk specifically about how inner healing and deliverance can bring the breakthrough that we need. Now, I know a lot of people when they're pressing for breakthrough are already seeking the Lord in a lot of areas, maybe they have dealt with bloodline issues and a lot of other things, but there are a lot of sneaky things that sometimes come when we're pressing towards promise and breakthrough that can come up. And we want to make sure that our hearts are right, and sometimes it's not just that our hearts are right, it's actually about breaking through spiritual blockades that the enemy has put up. Now, I know that a lot of people like to say, well, if the enemy can give curses, then God can give blessings so much more. That is 100% true. The blessings of God are greater than any curses. However, we also live in the world, and though we have access to every blessing of God, The enemy is a legalist and an accuser that constantly tries to find legal ways to torment and mess with our lives. And sometimes there are hidden things that are actually giving the enemy legal rights to mess with things and causing challenges and issues. Now, some of those things can be broken through an inner healing. It's actually maybe a heart issue and you're actually unknowingly Operating in a pattern of behavior that's not helping. Other times, it actually is breaking through demonic walls and taking away the enemy's permissions so that breakthrough that has been sitting there waiting to come forth can finally flow through for you. So, what are some ways to look at that? Maybe you're in a situation and you have not seen the breakthrough, or maybe you've been in a situation that seems to be on repeat. Generally situations in your life that are on repeat are a sign of a spiritual problem that needs healing. It either needs inner healing or deliverance and oftentimes both. So what can that look like? Biblically, we know that the sins of the father can last up to a certain number of generations. Now we are completely forgiven and those curses are broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. But we actually have to apply the blood of Jesus Christ and repentance to those areas to be able to gain the full benefit of the blood of Jesus Christ. So we need to actually take the steps to break the curse because Jesus did it on the cross, but we still need to apply the blood to those areas and repent. Now it might feel strange to think about repenting for someone that wasn't even you that's in your bloodline, but let's say there was a deep iniquity in your bloodline. It could even have been infidelity in your bloodline. But now in your life, you have dealt with infidelity coming around multiple times and you can't figure out why because you've never done that. But someone in your bloodline has. And spiritually, that is attracted to you because the enemy has a legal right because the people in your bloodline did not repent. And somebody needs to repent on behalf of the bloodline. So what does that look like? I'm going to use that example of adultery in the bloodline, okay? So what that would look like is specifically you would stand in the gap for your bloodline and you would repent for all adultery. You would repent for any and all adultery. And you would repent on behalf of your ancestors and your bloodline and your family. And you would repent. You would ask God for his forgiveness. You would renounce adultery, rebuke it, and break it, and forbid it from ever operating in your life again, and divorce yourself from it and all of its residue. So you would do that, and then you would repent on behalf of yourself if it had crept into your life in any way, and ask God to wash your bloodline clean, apply the blood of Jesus, thank God. That as you ask for forgiveness, you ask him for forgiveness, but you thank him also that he has forgiven you through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And you apply the blood to those areas and you thank him that now every wicked cycle is broken and it is stopped and you and your bloodline can move forward freely without the hindrance of that thing. So that's something a lot of people know about breaking bloodline curses. I know most people have heard of dealing with unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a big thing that can actually stop up breakthrough and keep you from really fully healing and walking in freedom. Now, there is a lot of confusion about what forgiveness actually is. And I talk about this in my book a little bit, but I'm not sure that I was able to even fully clarify in my book what I meant. So I'm going to talk about that now here. Forgiveness is not allowing someone back in. If someone hurt you horribly or is actively sinning, you do not have to allow them into your life. That is up to you and God whether or not you can trust them again. And there are times that you will feel that this is a person that is meant to be in your life, that you can trust them and God will tell you it's safe to let them in. There are other times that there are very unsafe people, people that maybe abused you or abused people around you that are not safe, and it is not safe to have them around you, and it is not safe to offer the type of forgiveness that the world looks at, which is actually reconciliation. Reconciliation and forgiveness are not the same thing, not biblically. Now, societally, Forgiveness and reconciliation are very crossed, okay? People think that those cross over. But biblically, that is not what forgiveness means. Biblically, forgiveness is to release a person. Literally release them. And it can actually mean to cast them away. To cast them away from yourself. To release them. So what you're actually doing when you forgive is you are releasing that person to God so you are releasing anything that they did to you, any hurt, so that it can no longer hurt you, and you are releasing it to God, because God is the only just and righteous judge, and God knows how to deal with them, to change their hearts, and, and even bring you justice and recompense into your own life, but God has to deal with all of those things. So we release them to God, we release them from us, So that we do not have to deal with those things and we give them to the Lord and we leave them there and we walk away from it. So that is what forgiveness looks like. And there are times that, you know, we forgive and we might need to forgive again. If this is someone who is perpetually sinning and it's not just a one time thing. You might have forgiven the first time and that forgiveness is valid, but you might have to forgive them again because you're actually forgiving them for more things that they have done. It's not that the original forgiveness wasn't real. It was. It's that now there are actually other things that you need to forgive them for and release them to God again. Now, in situations where someone is perpetually sinning, truly exercise healthy, godly boundaries and if possible, and when necessary, remove that person from your life. Now, I'm not saying that you should just remove people from your life haphazard. There will be people that mess up. I'm, You know, with any relationship, with any friendship, you're going to have some offenses here and there. You might hurt each other's feelings. What I'm talking about is if there is perpetual abuse going on, like you are actually in danger around this person, this person turns your life upside down, there is sexual, physical, emotional, or mental abuse going on, and it is on a regular basis, and it has not stopped, you need to cut those people off. Now, I shouldn't say you need to, because you do what you need to with the Lord, and it is between you and God, and it is always your choice. But the safe thing to do for you in a situation like that is to remove that person from your life and set a solid boundary that keeps the person who has been abusing you out of your life. Now, there are some other ways to handle that. And as I said, you have to sit with the Lord in it because he will lead you how to do things. And it has to ultimately be your decision. But you are not meant to be abused or treated poorly. And it is okay to set real solid boundaries and to remove people from your lives when they are treating you in an abusive manner and it is consistent, okay? But you still need to forgive them. And forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is releasing the resentment, releasing the anger, It's okay to feel anger. Anger is a healthy emotion, but we need to give that to God. We need to release any sense or desire for revenge and truly release it to God and give it to him and trust that he will deal with the situation appropriately and he will bring recompense to you. So with that, we then get into some stickier things that are a lot more complicated than just forgiveness and bloodline stuff. Now, obviously, you know, if you have sinned, you should repent for yourself. That's not bloodline, but you. Maybe you did something that you are not proud of. You did something that is sin. Maybe the Holy Spirit convicted you. You're forgiven once you repent. Just repent and release it to God, and he will wash you clean. He is greater than all of our mistakes, and he can wash us clean. And once we repent... It's as far away from us as the east is from the west, and God can bring healing. Now, just because someone else who has harmed you repents, if it has been, again, a situation of consistent abuse or someone who has been very unsafe to you, their repentance does not mean that you need to allow them in. Their repentance just means, okay, I'm glad they're getting clean with God. You can still remove that person from your life if you're talking about perpetual abuse, perpetual sin, perpetual harm. Someone who is dangerous to you, you do not need to allow them in your life. That is wisdom. We need to be fruit inspectors, though. There are times that someone will repent and even apologize to us directly, but we do not see the fruit of that repentance in their life. Now, we are not to judge whether or not their repentance was true. What they've done in their hearts is between them and God. But we do get to look at the fruit of their lives and see, has the fruit of their lives changed or are they still operating in these ways? If the fruit hasn't changed, you can notice that and make appropriate choices accordingly. That's wisdom. So yes, we do need to repent when we do things specifically repentance is always good even if you're not sure one of my mentors michelle passy says when in doubt repent i'm gonna say when in doubt get it out repent it out repent it out if you don't know for sure if you need to repent or if you did something wrong or if this happened in a situation just repent you're not going to be punished for repenting If anything, you might do repentance that you didn't need to do, but it won't hurt you at all. God's still going to bless you, even for taking that step. But if you did need to do it, it would be so much worse to not do it. And God will bless you for doing it. So when in doubt, get the repentance out. Repent, repent, repent. So there are some trickier and stickier things that I want to talk about. We've talked about repenting for yourself. We've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about breaking and repenting on behalf of a bloodline. Now I want to talk about judgments and bitter root expectancies. So bitter root judgments and bitter root expectancies. Often these things are formed in childhood, but not always. You can have a judgment against someone in adult life and you could have a major trauma that caused a bitter root expectancy or a bitter root judgment because the trauma was so massive. In trauma therapy, when you're getting ready to do like specific types of trauma therapy, like EMDR, they will actually have you do some talk therapy first, where you go through what your past traumas were. And they will either start trauma therapy with either your first trauma or your worst trauma. Now, I'm going to take that, which is scientific you know, the scientific psychology aspect. And I'm going to connect that to inner healing and deliverance because when we're doing inner healing and deliverance, we want to go after the root of a thing. So in trauma therapy, we either want the first trauma or the worst to start with this EMDR therapy. And you have to actually think about those things and process through what were the traumas that I've been through. Well, the first traumas are the things that have been deeply rooted since childhood so of course you would want to go after those but when you look at the worst traumas even if it happened later in life and it wasn't part of your main development when a trauma is really difficult or really hard or really intense it can still cause a root of bitterness or a root of bitter expectancy that is not good And when that happens, it might have been so traumatic to our system that it actually messed with our belief system on some level. So when we are going after roots in inner healing and deliverance, that's what we're looking at, too. Childhood things that could have caused patterns of operation from as far back as that. And then also things that were traumatic experiences in adulthood and later in life that were traumatic enough that you have seen a shift either in belief system or in patterns in your life since. Because even though that's not from childhood, that could still be a bitter root that needs to be dug up. So what happens when we have a bitter root judgment or a bitter root expectancy? So a bitter root judgment is different from forgiveness. You may have forgiven. So let's just take an example of a child who has been through child abuse with their family. Maybe they have forgiven their parents like they truly have forgiven them, but still this hurt comes up for them and they don't know how to break free of that. And they see patterns in their life that aren't good and you know, the Holy Spirit reveals that it relates to the abuse, but they don't know why, because they've forgiven. Well, generally, if something's repeating, it's because there's a judgment there. Beyond the forgiveness, there is a judgment there that needs to be broken, and the judgment is actually keeping them bound in that cycle. So what do judgments look like? There are facts, you know, a child went through abuse, but a judgment would be if that child judged their parents and said that they were a Bad parent because of that. Now, you might think, well, that's unfair because if someone's abusing their child, they aren't a good parent. The abuse was bad. You could even say that they are an abuser or they were an abuser if they are not now because that's a fact. But when you start making deeper character judgments on someone based on their sinful behavior and not the behavior alone and not the fact alone, then it actually crosses over into something called a judgment. And sometimes judgments are sneaky, especially when it goes down to childhood stuff, because someone could even have judged a parent for not protecting them from a situation that that parent didn't cause. Someone could have judged a parent for not leaving an abusive situation and then therefore allowing them to grow up in it. Those things can get sneaky. And some of those things are judgments that you haven't necessarily fully experienced in your conscious brain, but maybe it's there and it's affecting you and it's actually drawing that cycle of unhealth or abuse towards you. So how do you deal with it? One, you want to ask Holy Spirit, this situation that has this repetitive thing going on, how have I, have I judged anyone? Is there something in this that is a judgment? Did I make a judgment about the people involved in hurting me in this situation and let Holy Spirit reveal it to you? Don't think too hard, just let it come from your heart. If you see a picture, pay attention to that. If you hear a word, pay attention to that. If something pops into your mind right away, pay attention to that. And again, when in doubt, repent. You want to get it out, even if you're not sure. If it if it's even a possibility, just get it out. Just repent. So we would do that with those situations. It's important, again, to examine the situations that maybe were super traumatic that caused another shift in your life later on. You know, maybe it was an adulthood thing, but there's been a pattern that you don't know how to get past since then. Or maybe there's even, you know, a situation in it could be an adult friendship that you have. Maybe you guys went through something together together or even separate, but it affected you, and somehow you just haven't been able to get past that, but you really feel that the Lord wants you to, there might actually be a judgment there that needs to be repented of. It might not be about forgiveness. It might be about a judgment. And here's the sneaky thing. You don't just judge other people. Sometimes people can judge themselves in a situation. Maybe someone was abused as a child, but internally they blamed themselves Or they picked up a lie about themselves because the abuse happened. That's a judgment too. And that's a judgment against yourself. So what do you do to break judgments? You repent of them. You have to repent of them. Because only God can truly judge. We can judge behavior as being not right or ungodly behavior, but we cannot judge a person or condemn them. Only God can do that. So we repent, and that goes for ourselves too. We repent of judging the people that we judge and why, what we judge them for. You want to speak it out loud and repent of it. And you want to repent of judging yourself for anything. You also, if it's something where you've judged yourself especially, but in any situation where maybe you came into an agreement with a lie in that situation, you want to break the lie. You want to renounce the lie. You want to break it. You want to come out of agreement with it. So you want to come out of agreement with the lies, especially if it's a lie about yourself. Maybe it's something that caused shame. You want to come out of agreement with that shame. You want to renounce it. You want to divorce yourself from the shame and from the lie so that it can no longer affect your life. And once you've done that... You thank God that he has broken every judgment and rendered them null and void and that those lies are broken and null and void and he has washed you clean by the blood of Jesus and you can ask him forgiveness and then receive his forgiveness in those areas. Now, when you've had a judgment against another person or even yourself, you probably need to forgive them again. Once you've cast down the judgment and repented of it, forgive that person for the thing that they did that caused the judgment, and forgive yourself for judging yourself. That is a big deal. So bitter root expectancies tend to go along with bitter root judgments. And what is an expectancy? I'm going to go back to this example of a child that grew up in abuse. So let's say a child was abused and they learned that if it was a little boy who was abused by his mother, they learned that, you know, women are not safe. Now into adulthood, maybe that little boy grows up and doesn't even realize that he has this internal thought that women are not safe. But inside there is that thought and there's that judgment. And that judgment starts creating these unsafe situations with women in that man's life. So maybe they're actually drawn to people that feel like what they grew up with because it's familiar. And then those scenarios keep repeating that lie because it's a lie that women are unsafe. That situation they were in as a child was unsafe, but that doesn't mean that all women are. So that lie ends up on repeat And sometimes when people believe a lie like that or have a judgment like that or a bitter root expectancy, that person is actually expecting women to be unsafe and hurt them. So in a sense, they are constantly waiting to see an unsafe situation or to see that person hurting them. And when people are in situations like that, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman who has an expectancy that they're going to be hurt, They will start looking for ways that that has happened a lot of the time. And sometimes their behaviors, even if they're not aware of them, will actually lend people towards hurting them because their behaviors will push them to do things out of character. So sometimes people do attract the unhealthy because of what they've experienced. But other times people can be in healthy situations with healthy people but they have such an expectancy of the negative happening that they actually push the negative to happen. They recreate it themselves or even push the person who's healthy and loves them to do things that are out of character because they've been pushed so hard. What could that look like? Let's just say a woman expects a man to cheat on her because her father cheated on her mother, okay? Maybe they are so expectant of that that they actually constantly accuse the person of that, push them to do it in the sense of, you must be doing this. Maybe their behavior becomes inappropriate around that person. And it gets to the point where that person just sort of feels like, well, if I'm going to be constantly accused of this anyway, I might as well do it. But that person never had the intention of cheating. And they never would have. They were just unhealthy. Now, do not get me wrong that person still has a choice. That person's still choosing to sin if they cheat on a person. But that still might be something that's out of their normal character and was actually pushed because of this bitter root expectancy from that person. So this can come in many forms, but a lot of people have these from different scenarios. It could even be that you didn't feel heard as a child You could feel that your voice isn't worthy of being heard as a result of that, or that you're too much because you weren't listened to as a child. Those are lies. You need to repent of agreeing with them in any way, break them off of yourself, repent of that expectancy, rebuke the lie, divorce yourself from the lie, and free yourself from it. So, The judgments, you repent of a judgment. The bitter root expectancy, you repent of coming into agreement with the lie because that expectancy is a lie and you need to come out of agreement with it. You need to renounce it. You need to rebuke it. You need to repent of it and you need to break it off of your life so that it cannot cause any effect on your life anymore. Now, inner vows can be similar but I think I'm going to save the inner vow topic for another week so that we don't go too long this week because I just gave you a lot. But I just want to finish this off by saying sometimes when we need breakthrough, it could even be that we're in a situation where things have been haywire. We might even be waiting on another person to heal or do what they need to do to break through. And we could even be praying for a prodigal. But... In the process of waiting for the breakthrough and pushing towards the promise, I encourage you to look and see what you have in your own heart, your own mind, your own life, and in your past and in your bloodline that you can go after and deal with. Because when we clean up our side of the fence, even if it's something that we did not cause, someone didn't cause themselves to be abused as a child. But it still affected them. And now they have a responsibility to heal it so that it no longer affects them. You know, you had no control over what your bloodline did, but what your bloodline did could still be affecting you. But you have the power through Jesus Christ to take authority over those things, to repent of them and to receive forgiveness of them and to clear them out of your life and break every one of those curses off by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to use your authority to deal with your side of the fence and to deal with anything that could have been in your heart, your mind, or your life at some point or in your bloodline that could be hindering the road forward at all or that could be trying to block your breakthrough. Amazing things happen when we clear the spiritual issues on our own side of the fence because when we do, we often clear blockages so that God can fully work on our behalf in those areas. Because as we repent, we allow God into those places to break unhealthy and unholy cycles. We allow God into those places to cause the path to be smooth and to make the path forward smooth. And we allow the blessings of God to come into those places. And we allow God's blood to cleanse not just us, but our bloodlines so that any patterns that tried to follow us from things that our ancestors did, cannot follow us anymore. And any patterns that tried to follow us from past trauma cannot follow us anymore because the blood of Jesus is greater and we have invited the power of the blood in through repentance and we have broken that curse by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and the repentance and we have allowed the blessing of God in. So, As you press towards your promise, even as you have experienced breakthrough and maybe you are walking through the Red Sea now, or maybe you're in that last part of the wilderness where you can see the promised land, but you're not fully there yet. Deal with those things. Not everybody in the wilderness crossed into the promised land because they didn't deal with their heart issues, but Joshua and Caleb and their families did. Because they believed the word of God. So you want to get rid of anything that would cause you to doubt the word and promise of God on your life. And you would want to get rid of anything that would cause any hindrance in your belief and in the breakthrough. I hope that encourages you. I know this was a heavy topic. But it's tools. Tools in your tool belt to break through to move forward. Repentance is a weapon. Repentance is a weapon that takes the head off of the enemy, that breaks evil contracts, and that allows the blessings of God to flow in our lives. And inner healing and deliverance is a weapon. Because as we step up and we choose to heal ourselves and we choose to deal with any spiritual issues that could be blocking things, we give other people permission to do the same, and we actually can clear the way in the spiritual atmosphere. And the Holy Spirit can sometimes flow more freely to other people to do the same. So I just encourage you with that. Use this tool. Ask Holy Spirit if there is anything in this category, any of these categories that you need to deal with, and start repenting and applying the blood of Jesus Christ. And thank God for forgiveness and then receive the blessings and the Holy Spirit into those places and spaces so that you can fully experience the breakthrough and promise of God in your life. I hope this blessed you, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. I will talk to you next week.